0: Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast, brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, man. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Holloway, and I'm glad to be back at you again. So uh, if you're new here, this is a podcast for Christian men inside of recovery to live an awesome spirit-filled life. If that is your desire, uh, then welcome. Welcome. Uh, we'll give you biblical inspiration um, that is highly relevant inside of recovery and uh, the life of discipleship. So if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to click on the link that's inside the description. That'll take you to information concerning our GCR groups. And uh, we have those going on during the week and they are a powerful way for uh, accountability and discipleship and all that good stuff that uh, that we need to take place inside of our lives. So I'm going to share with you a couple of stories here, um, and if you're following along, we're going through the book of Luke. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 19 there, and uh, we're going to ca- talk about a couple different stories uh, if we get to them, and uh, first starting out where Jesus displayed a lot of emotion um, in weeping over the city of Jerusalem, uh, knowing the devastation that was going to soon take place uh, you know, in their nation. And the next one is where Jesus went into the temple and he cleansed the temple, turning over the tables and stuff like that. So we got these two stories here that I think are going to be highly relevant inside of recovery. I think first and foremost, one of the best reasons uh, that it's important is the display of the emotion. And that is that Jesus uh, uh, experienced extreme emotions uh, during different times, and it shows us... uh, Uh, his side of humanity, uh, that he was indeed uh, human as he was indeed God. But he displayed these emotions and they weren't buried, right? They weren't kept down. They weren't a secret. uh, They were manifested and they were displayed. And that is if that, you know, he felt the motion of sadness. Um, He didn't stuff it. He didn't hide it. He didn't sedate it. Uh, It came to the surface. And people were able to see that, and uh, he wept uh, bitterly in that fashion. The same is true manifested in his anger, uh, his righteous anger and indignation that uh, would flip over the tables and cleanse the temple, and that his uh, emotions would manifest uh, in that way or fashion. Now, we have a hard time with that a lot of times, Uh, you know, because we experience uh, anger or we think and believe anger is a very negative emotion, and that it causes a lot of pain pain in our life, and we don't understand how to maybe harness that anger into a righteous direction and have it be used as a propelling force, uh, and momentum into progress. And I find that to be very important, you know, inside of my life. You know, uh, I heard it said that you could tell a lot about a person by what they hate. And so, looking at Jesus in, in that example, you know, having a, a a hatred for what was taking place inside of the temple and having it be degraded in that fashion really bothered him. And so, the same is true for us that you know there there there's this uh, uh, emotion of anger that can motivate us into a right direction. So, starting off, Luke chapter uh, nineteen, verse forty-one. And when it was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. Now, this is talking about Jesus and he was, you know, on his little journey or whatever, going to another location. And uh, when he come near, he beheld the city and he looked over it and he began to, to weep over it. Now, this um, description of what take, took place doesn't uh, really give the justice of what was happening. Um, the words in the Greek give a more accurate detail of what was really taking place. But this word uh, weep is not just to like shed a tear, (laughs) right? It's almost like the uh, I'd have to look it up, but it's probably the same uh, uh, weeping that took place uh, in Gethsemane before the cross. Um, But this word wep, it means to wail out loud. Like I said, it's not a whimper, it's not a little tear that you just wipe away. Um, it was really a deep sorrow and a wailing out loud. Um, when someone died and and they went into mourning, um, they went into a prolonged grief period. Uh, but of course, before that was a a prolonged, uh, wailing sorrow, a loud uh, sound to display the real emotions that was taking place on the inside. And if you ever had uh, a loved one die, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone that you love very much or a tragedy happened, you know the deep grief and the pain that, I, that I'm discussing here. And so Jesus overlooking the city and knows the pain that is coming. And the pain is coming for multiple different reasons what we're going to talk about here. Uh, but the pain is coming mostly because they refuse to... Come to Jesus, right? They refuse to change their ways. They they refuse to allow their mindset to be shifted and 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 altered. And so he is there looking at it and knows what is going to happen in the future to the city, and it causes him some deep sorrow, some deep pain. Um, and I imagine that you know, from the perspective of 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 God, knowing uh, certain events that are going to take place, that. Um, That I see this, you know, the sorrow uh, manifested inside of that knowledge. Matthew 23 13 says this O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone them that are sent to you. How often I would have gathered you, uh, gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, but you would not. And so within this uh, frame of reference here is the idea and understanding that that the desire of God is to gather the children together. And that is really a sign of like a mother hen gathering the children uh, to for covering and for protection and looking at this scenario and looking over the mountain and knowing the pain that they're about to experience and, and they're about to go through, through their destruction, uh, not too many years after, um, knowing that that could have been prevented or that could have not been the case, I think is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest pain. So in this is the reality that God has a desire and his desire is for safety, covering and protection and all of these different things. Uh, to prevent the devastation of consequences, of choices and decisions, and that he wants to gather them together, um, but they were not willing. And so the question comes, how is this relevant inside of recovery? How is this relevant to uh, our family, faith, fitness, and finance? I find it to be very relevant, and that's because God has a a will, right? Right. We are to pray uh, to the Father that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we know, the, in heaven, the perfect will of God takes place and that there is no sin, there's no sorrow, there's, there's no sickness, there's no disease, and there's none of these things that we are experiencing on this earth. And so when you look inside of your, your family faith, fitness, and finance and ask yourself, what does God really want for me inside of my holistic life? Does He want me to begin to grow and to manifest discipline inside of these areas? And the answer, of course, is yes. Is that God, of course, wants these great things to begin to manifest in your life? But the the clause is is that sometimes we're not willing. And so the same with the nation of Israel that, you know, he, he, like a mother hen, he wanted to gather them all together in this safety and protection. And he had a desire for them to experience abundance and, and definitely not experience the the pain that they were about to go through and they were not willing. And so the same is true for our life that inside of our family, God, God wants us to rise up in our authority He wants uh, uh, relationships to thrive. I've never uh, uh, known God to say, you know what, I just really want that marriage to fail and I want there to be a lot of pain, a lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment, a lot of lack of intimacy and all those things. But the reality is the message of recovery and the message of the gospel was supposed to really get into our hearts and get into our belief systems and that it would radically impact the other areas of our life. Now I have to say this because there's a gospel out there that says, you know, you come to Jesus and he'll fix everything and he'll wave his magic wand over you and ippity boppity boo and and everything's all good, health, wealth, and, and and prosperity and all of these things. And that's not what I'm talking to you about today. I'm not talking to you about any form of uh, 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 easy believe, believism or a fairy coming to uh Babidi-boo you onto to uh, health, wealth, and prosperity. I'm not talking about that. But what I am talking about is the Spirit of God beginning to live and, and to reside in you, to begin manifest uh, purpose inside of your life, which affects every single area. And that the manifestation of self-control and discipline begins to happen. And of course, that begins to affect every area of your life in a positive fashion. And as you begin to make uh, deposits, as you begin to sow seeds inside of these different areas, you can thoroughly expect something to grow, something to develop, and something to blossom. Now, that is the real message of, of health and wealth and spiritual life and prosperity inside of the gospel. It's that Jesus comes and rankly changes your belief system and your mindset, and that mindset goes inside of your family. And all of a sudden, uh, things begin to change, and, and uh, the relationship in your marriage begins to thrive, where once it didn't, right? And so things begin to change by the investment and the seeds that you are planting, And things begin to change because you begin to have a change of heart, and you begin to do positive things, and you begin to develop a different track record inside of your family. And things begin to grow, and things begin to blossom. And so the reality is, is that God wants you to have uh, an amazing marriage. God wants you to have an amazing family life. But you got to ask yourself: Are you willing? Are you willing? And if you look at any uh, area of your life where there seems to be lack and frustration and discouragement, um, you can almost guarantee that there, there is a certain area that you are not willing in that area, and it could be uh, any any form of your family, faith, fitness, or your finances. So, the decision I want you to I want you to fully see this here that God has this desire and He has this will. But it couldn't uh, carry out to fruition because of the will of man, and he created us with a a, a will and a desire. And in no way does he want to uh, control or manipulate us. And that is is that if he offers this great life of beginning to grow and develop and begin to make deposits and, and just begin to mature in every single area of your life and he offers it and you're not willing, then you're not going to experience the manifestation of it. Everything inside of the message of the Bible says that we need to align ourselves and that is that we need to see God's will and what he wants for our lives and that we begin to see it and we begin to desire the same will and begin to walk on the path that is going to get the results that we really want. And so whatever area of our life where it's not uh, uh, up to par most likely in, in 98% of the time it is due to us not being willing. Now, that being said, there are situations that come upon us that are beyond our control, uh, such as plagues and diseases and and some of these different things that begin to manifest as sickness inside of our body. Um, But a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about here is preventable. A lot of the stuff that we experience can be changed by our mindset changing and changing the decisions. And that is we can live the best possible abundant life inside of our family, faith, fitness, and finances if we align ourselves and be willing to do it. Be willing to carry out the deposits and the actions necessary that are going to get the results. So once again, you see this. God uh, weeping over the Israel because of the things that he wants to manifest in their life and knowing that they weren't, they weren't going to choose them. They were going to make their own decision and decide to go their own way, and it caused him a lot of pain. So I want to really uh, examine this uh, this word here, so we thoroughly get an understanding of what is taking place. So when it says, um, you know, how often I would have gathered uh, the chickens under her wing, and this statement says, and you would not you would not. We're going to dissect that into the Greek and just get a full rounded definition of what this actually means. And so you would not means that you you refused uh, uh, to resolve. And that is that you determined not to. Determined not to. Okay. That is the first uh, uh, definition here. And so offering the abundant life. The the holistic living, the the life that God wants. To, it's it, it's an offering. It's set before us, and the choice is whether we're going to walk in that or not. And so this determining not to is a conscious choice where it says, you know what? I see that uh, much like the children of Israel, that God would gather us under his wing and would be under his safety and under his protection. Uh, but because of certain t- uh, uh, conditions, I- I'm determining not to take him up on that offer. And so it's important that we really see this because um, our, 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 our free will, our agency is is propelling us in a direction where we don't want to go. And this is how addiction plays out. It plays out within our agency and within within our free will. And it gets us to go in a path that is detrimental to us. It gets us to go in the path of deterioration and disintegration. And things slowly but surely Slowly but surely, I say that facetiously because it looks like um, there's no disintegration, right? Uh, Oftentimes in addiction, and especially if it's not a horrendous one like uh, heroin or something, that um, the progression of disintegration happens very slowly. And it's a deception and a delusion that things aren't falling apart. They're just falling apart in a very slow uh, manner that we're unable to really see it until um, until the building utterly falls down. Think about it this way, that if you had termites, um, a lot of times uh, termites can go unnoticed. And that is you don't see the little tubes that run up the foundation of the concrete. Uh, the cracks inside of the inside of the uh, uh, interior haven't manifested yet. and they're just slowly gnawing away and they're just eating and they're just going to town on the house, right? Until one day you get a clear manifestation of this large crack that you could stick five, ten quarters in and you just all of a sudden it is now visible. And I find that that's the way addiction works. That's the way it manifests. That uh, underneath the surface, it is gnawing away and everything's beginning to disintegrate until the large cracks begin to appear. And I think this is what really uh, Jesus means about building your house on the rock or on the sand. Uh, That situations come and the utter destruction of the house and great was the fall, right? And so the next word is, is, is really describing something that you have resolved to do. And not only that, but you have voiced your uh, your option. You have seen the option that I can go either to the right or the left. And you have determined not to go to the, the narrow path. You choose to go to the wide path and therefore voiced your option and your opinion and made your decision, and uh, you have this freedom of choice to operate in that fashion because that is the way God made us. And so looking at our life, we could say, you know what, whatever areas aren't quite working, I think I'm probably traveling the broad path in that area. And that is I'm taking the comfortable road, I'm taking the relaxed road, I'm taking the road that doesn't require much for me. And it is clearly manifesting inside of uh, my results, right? Because how long can you take the comfortable path inside of your business and still manifest uh, wealth and monetary success? Not very long, right? Uh, You're going to be, uh, your comfort is going to kill you. And how long can you, know, you remain comfortable inside of a marriage and, and refuse to make deposits and, and not uh, date your wife and do all of these things that really build a positive connection? How long can you go uh, remain in the comfort zone until it falls apart? And the same is true for our spiritual life, that we think that we can remain in this comfort zone of just being lazy and not getting into the word and not to, uh, you know, exercising our free will in the, in the consuming of positive things that feed our soul. And we get on the comfortable path and we stop doing all of these things and all of a sudden we begin to deteriorate and we don't see the choice inside of that. God wants us to have an amazing marriage and an awesome family life. God wants us to begin to be as healthy as physically possible so we can begin to carry out his will upon this earth. He wants us to have the resources uh, uh, available to us so we can accomplish what he wants to accomplish in this world and all of these different things, but it all comes down to are we willing Now, God wants us to have this uh, recovery life that is thriving. The Bible says that he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. And that that word life there is, is the word zoe, and it's the quality of life that God possesses. And he wants to begin to impart his life to us. But the question that we have to ask ourselves, are we willing? How often, he said, of Jerusalem, that I, I have desired to gather you together under my wing, but you were not willing. But you would not, and so within this is 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 the responsibility of choice, and understanding that uh, uh, by not choosing, we have made a choice. And that looking at the areas of our life and asking, you know, where are we choosing comfort? Where are we choosing the broad path? Because it's going to manifest in results that we don't really want. And we needed to, to begin to, to examine, examine what it is that uh, that is taking place inside of our desires. So the Bible tells over and over again about the will of God and wanting to accomplish something great, right? but it can definitely be hindered by the choice and the decisions of man. And this has become a object of, uh, of a lot of debate. Uh, uh, To me, it's not debatable. It's a firm biblical truth that is manifested in my heart and my life. And so for me, there's no debate there. That uh, another story that, that was clearly uh, demonstrated that God wanted to take uh, the people of Israel who were in Egypt And he wanted to take them out of that slavery condition of being in bondage, as the Bible calls it, that they were in slavery uh, to the world and to the world system, and that he wanted to take them out and and he wanted to uh, take these people to the promised land. And the whole story, as we know, is that they begin to grumble and they begin to complain and they begin to find fault and they begin to fall back into their sins. And they, they begin to look at Egypt and say, you know what? We had it better back there. And that they had the desire within their heart to return back there. Not understanding that God's desire was for them to uh, to come out of that slavery position and for them to go through a minor wilderness experience, but for them to go into the promised land. And then, of course, as we know in the story goes that the, they had to wait till the older generation died off um, for the younger generation to rise up and begin to claim that promise. But here's how it's relevant inside of recovery. That metaphorically, we have been um, delivered from Egypt. Now, Egypt is that symbolization of our addiction. That is a symbolization uh, of uh, pornography, of lust, of perversion, of alcoholism, of substances, and and all of these intoxicating things that we have been taken out and we have been delivered from those things. And that that was meant to begin to move forward progress into, in, inside of a promised land. And that is a land flowing with milk and honey. And inside of our life, we understand that God has a, a perfect will and things that he wants to begin to manifest inside of our life. And all of it correlates to holistic living and growth uh, in each area of our life. And somewhere along the way, we we don't understand the process um, of recovery and that it's meant for restitution and the restoring of the things that were lost mentally, physically, and financially and all of these different things is that God wants to take us on that path. Uh, Somewhere along the way, we become unwilling. We don't understand the process. And so this is what is said of... uh, um, in Psalms uh, 78, 41, it says this, that they turned back and they tempted God and they limited. I want to uh, extreme focus on this word limited. They limited the Holy One of Israel. And that is God had His will. It was uh, holistic. It was a, a powerful inheritance. It was receiving the promises and it was all these sayings. But because they turned back, because they tempted God, because they made a different choice, because they aligned their will and they desired something different that was in conflict with God and they chose to do something else, they limited God. And that is God can have these desires for us. He can desire for us to walk in this holistic life. He can desire to walk in the abundant life and this powerful a life of recovery. And it could fail to take place because of the choices and the decisions that we are making. And therefore we can limit God by our agency. And if you don't get anything from this uh, podcast today, get this, we can limit God by our agency. So we see it in the children, uh, overlooking the city and beginning to mourn for the decisions that they're making and the results and the consequences that are coming their way. And that Jesus saying, you know what? I would gather you under my wing, but you were not willing. What prevented the protection? What prevented the safety? The unwillingness of the people involved. And so what prevents the, the things that God wants to take place inside of our lives? It's the bucking of the system. It's our digging our heels in the sand. It's our, our failure to move and our failure to yield that begins to cause us to uh, lose these things that, that God wants to begin to manifest inside of our lives. And so we see this, that they limit it. They limited God. And what this uh, uh, very word means in the Hebrew is that they enclose God in a boundary. Okay. And it's not technically that they can actually put God inside of a box, because God obviously cannot be put inside of a box. And God cannot be put inside of a fence. But the, the choices and the decisions we make put God uh, boundary lines for us physically. And we say, God wants to do this, but I have erected a wall so he cannot do so. That's what it means to limit. And so we got to examine our choices, examine what we really want, examine our decisions so we don't begin to limit God because he has this awesome plan for us, right? We hear it all the time. One of the most highly quoted scriptures, you know, in Jeremiah there that uh, uh, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a future and plans to give you a hope. And so God can have all of these plans, but if we don't align ourselves with it, then we're not going to experience the reality of these things. If you're still not convinced, I got a couple more for you. Don't worry. I'm thoroughly, uh, uh, have the desire to persuade you of this reality, that God has an ultimate will that is wonderful and it's awesome and it's it's filled with holistic living, but it won't come to pass if we don't align ourselves with it. So another example is this: that Jesus was inside of his hometown and he was preaching the gospel and he was healing the sick and all of these different things, but um, there was great opposition inside of his own hometown. And there was a lot of unbelief. And the Bible says this in Matthew 13, 58, that uh, he could not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And so even though he had the desire to do these awesome, great things, it wasn't going to manifest unless the people had faith and believed and aligned themselves what was taking place. And so we look at this and we look at our lives and we see where we are and we see our potential. We see the things of what we could be, what kind of ministries we could build, how many people we could uh, reach and all of these different things. And we see the potential, but between who I am right now and the potential of where God wants to take me to take me is me aligning myself with his will and making choices and making deposits that are going to bring about his will inside of my life. It's not going to come by me sitting idly by and doing nothing. That's just not the reality of what we're talking about here. And lastly, I'll give you one more uh, because personally, I think it's an awesome one. And 1 Timothy 2.4, God desires all men to be saved. It says this, who, speaking of God, desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, this uh, uh, will cause a great conflict inside of your theology if you happen to be of a different persuasion than in what I'm talking about here. But the reality is, is that he said, you know what? God desires all men. And that is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so the reality is, is that he has a heart that is enlarged and that it has a capacity for everybody and that he is willing to connect. He is willing to have a relationship and that this provision that he has made is available to every single man. woman, to mankind, everybody. But as we know that all men do not experience the reality of it, as we know the offer is available to all, but all men and women, but I'm talking to men here, that all men don't align themselves with that choice and with that decision uh, to be saved. But the heart of God desires all. But the choice is limited by the actions and the will of man. Think about this for a moment. That inside of a relationship, a man says, you know what? I would uh, I would like to love you for the rest of my life. he says to this woman, I would love to love you for the rest of my life. And here's what I have to offer. Okay. And then he asks, are you willing? And then of course, if she is willing, then they make vows and they get married and all of these different things. Now think about this for a moment. What kind of God, God would be if he says, you know what, I want to love you for the rest of my life. And here's what I have to offer. All right. And of course, the other side, he says, you know what, that is a nice offer, but I'm not willing. Uh, Deep in my heart, there's something that despises you and I don't like you. Now, what kind of God would that be if he he, uh, forced the relationship to happen anyway? And so that's why it's important for us to understand the reason why people don't go to heaven is because that's not where they want to be. They haven't aligned themselves and made that decision to be there. And being uh, uh, God, um, because He's not sick and codependent like some of us are, that He's not going to force a person to dwell there. And therefore, He's going to honor their choice. And so it's important to understand all this in, uh, inside of the gospel. That is, that if I want the manifestation of a, a growth inside of my family, faith, fitness, and finance. And I understand that God wants me to grow and develop inside of those areas too. And this powerful gospel that we're talking about and the spirit of God that comes to live inside of us, if it doesn't affect every single area of our life, it's not that powerful. And so the people out there that says, you know what, Uh, Jesus is nothing about uh, health, wealth, or family, or finances. He's nothing about that. Not understanding that the spirit of God and the wisdom of God and the discipline of God affects every single area of our life that tends to growth and develop it. But of course, it doesn't happen like a fairy, right? It doesn't, ippity-boppity-boo, he's not a genie. But if you align yourself with them and begin to uh, choose his path, there's nothing but growth and development on that side. So take a look at the areas of your life and ask yourself, what areas of my life are not in alignment with God's will? That I know that I'm living below my potential and that uh, um, there should be a manifestation of more results inside of this area and ask yourself, is it because I am not willing? And begin to check your desires and ask yourself what you really want to manifest in that area. And begin to align yourself with his will and say, you know what? I am willing to experience the abundant life.